he was like, I don't think you have a market for this. I don't think they're like, it's going to be successful. He basically told me it was the dumbest idea I ever had because of the fact that it was sustainable and there was no market for sustainable products yet. He was like, oh, you're just going to have a hippie market. Only hippies are going to buy your stuff. And I was like, just wait and see. Just wait and see. Welcome back to the Entrepreneur Adventure Podcast, where we give you the tools to climb higher and faster than ever before. Have you ever wondered if sustainability and pursuing your passion can actually go hand in hand? Well, guess what? You don't have to look any farther because our guest for today, Hannah Patton, at just the age of 23, has started a business in pursuit of her passion and has already figured out how to leverage it to help clean up our oceans. And with that, I'll turn it over to our hosts, Josh Melton and Chad Brown. Welcome to today's episode of the Entrepreneur Adventure. We have an awesome young entrepreneur with us today. She's crushing it right now, a sustainable business with a mission. I'm excited to welcome Hannah Patton to the podcast. Welcome, Hannah. Thanks for joining us. Well, thank you guys for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you and, you know, to share my story a little bit and see what we can chat about. I, I love it. This is, uh, is going to be great. I'm pumped to learn more about your story. And goodness, uh, you've accomplished so much, uh, especially as a young entrepreneur. And uh, I'm sure your journey's uh, had lots of ups and downs and having the calls behind what you're doing. Tell us how you got started and and how you decided, hey, not only do I care about these things, like I'm going to go at this on my own and I, I'm going to build a business around it. Um, I guess it kind of started when I was younger, you know, I, my dad grew up or I grew up with my dad fishing and spent a lot of time on the ocean, spent a lot of time in the Bahamas. And I always had this deep connection and, um, Growing up, you know, I, I rode horses, I competed and was very competitive and that kind of consumed pretty much my entire life. So with that being said, the ocean really wasn't a second of thought until I went to college and I stopped riding and I felt like I needed something more. And my best friend actually convinced me to come down and get dive certified for her birthday. So after that, I felt, felt head over heels in love with diving in the ocean and you know, it's like it ha I had that connection already, but it was something that it was just that thing that sparked that flame and that interest for me. And there, you know, I, I always had this idea of I wanted to start something of my own, but what could I do? And then I fell in love with diving. And, you know, one thing led to another where every day I found myself in a bikini. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to make bikinis. That's what I'm going to do. That's what I like to wear. I know what I want to do. So that's where we're going to start. So you're then, a living Chad's dream right now. Chad yeah, absolutely. Experience. I guess so. Yeah. I, I am. I am landlocked in Athens, Georgia, wearing long sleeves every day. But I listen to Jimmy Buffett on the way to work every morning and the way home every day. And my screensavers are all ocean. And I'm on the countdown to like tax season to be over so I can get back. <laughs> right on, yeah. right on. So you, your speed of implementation was, was much better than his with getting the bikini business started. Chad, <laughs> you just have to stay in accounting, bro. I'm sorry. I mean, it does help that I live in South Florida. So it's like sunny and beautiful every day. I was on the boat this morning shooting content. So, you know, it really works out in my favor. 
Oh, that's fantastic. I love it. So, so you, you found something you love, you're able to, to tie that together. And then did the mission side of the conservation side come second? Or is that something you kind of realize, hey, there's, this is what I love, but there's a huge need here as well. Yeah, you know, diving on the reefs every day in my backyard, I noticed the decimation of like the coral reefs every day. You know, it's 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 something I literally can watch before my eyes happen. I go diving in the Bahamas and you can just see like these beautiful reefs. You come over and there's a patch just wiped out. And it's those moments that makes you realize we are killing this planet and we have to do something and stop our habits now and do something to not only stop our habits, but do something instead of just piling all this junk up into landfills, what can we do? So that's where I started getting researching and I was like, hmm, you know, it would be cool if I got like a plastic fabric or like a fabric made some sort of plastic material. And I found a manufacturer in Bali and this was before like sustain, like the sustainable movement really blew up and you could find like on every corner, you can find reprieve now and like Carvico, that's what I use in my current swimsuits. But, you know, it came to a point where I was like, I started noticing all these other companies jumping on board using the same fabric. And I was like, started doing research and I started finding out all these things about the fabric and it's not really so chalked up to be what they say it is. Hmm. So that's where I was like, what can I do where I'm going to know exactly what is in the fabric? How can I, you know, measure it? by there's 12 water bottles in that bikini. So I started looking around and I've found a new manufacturer and a new fabric. So everything from here moving forward that I'm producing is gonna be made from plastic water bottles. And that's really where the need, you know, like that's where that's where our, our bad habits are coming in where people use second or single use plastic instead of sure. using a reusable water bottle. like. I go for walks with my dad every morning and I see the trash out and I see recycling bins filled with plastic water bottles. And it blows my mind that people still even use them to begin with, considering like everywhere you go, you can refill your water. But being that that's like the real need I wanted to be able to condense and literally be able to know how many of that is in my suit. So that's kind of where things have gone. And I guess the real inspiration behind it came from being out in the ocean every day, diving and having that drive and that passion, that care for the planet. You know, I grew up riding horses. I'm, a, I'm an animal lover. I love every ocean animal I see. Every time I go diving, I cry basically. Anytime something epic happens, I'm typically crying. Like you look over and I'm like, oh my God, that was the coolest thing ever. <laughs> Are you crying right now, Hannah? No, no. You're enough talk, talking about the ocean. Awesome. Uh, all right. So normally the <laughs> advice and society pushes us hey, go to college. Okay. During this experience, you found something you care about that's a passion or a concern. Now you go get a job, maybe in corporate America, maybe somewhere else. And you start working, you make money, you give money to this cause. Uh, and, and you build your future and career around a job. That's not the path you decided to take. How did you have the courage and the motivation to say, Hey, I'm, I'm going to do things different. I'm going to shake this up. So I actually started it while I was in college. I went to Rollins college in winter okay. park, Florida. It's a super small private school. And I went in full force. I took seven 
seven credits every semester because I knew I wanted my freshman and my sophomore year to be like the most stressful of my life. And then my junior, senior year, I took three classes each semester. So I knew that my planning phases, my freshman and my sophomore year were my planning phases of the company. I wouldn't have that much time to work on it. Then I knew in the back of my mind, my junior, senior year, I could commit all my time to launching it. So I launched it my junior year or like sophomore year going into my junior year. And I kind of just put school on the back burner and said, you know what, I've made it this far. I've gotten everything I need to get done. I've learned what I need to learn. I'm going to take those tools, finish my degree, get the bare minimum grades that I need to get to finish. And I put all my heart and effort into Pulia and starting it. And I use the resources in my college. I use my professors. I use the business professors. I use the accounting professors. I used the science professors to get like to help with sustainability things and statistics and understanding like the fashion and all that. And, you know, I even went to the art department. I went to a liberal arts school. So I went to the designs, the, where they do the theater design, where they like make all the costumes. I even went over there and had them help me with patterns and stuff like that. So I got really creative in the sense where I used my resources really well. Yeah, it sucked. I had to do it while taking all these credits and being in school and taking stuff that I didn't care about. But in the end, I made connections with professors and I did all these things and it ended up helping me create the company. And I honestly don't think I would have the tools to do it if I didn't so you leveraged, to college. You leveraged your college experience to get an education, not just a diploma. I mean, that's, that's nobody, people just yeah. go to get the, I, you know, the four years and a diploma. You're like, how can I use these, this knowledge that's here to apply it to my business and grow something? Yeah, this, this is amazing. Exactly. I've, and I've, I've never heard this strategy before. You've got <laughs> a campus full of experts yeah. getting on paid by salary by some, I mean, this is, these will be tens of thousands of dollars to consult with somebody with this experience and this knowledge. And you leverage that without having to pay for it and with the resources and with the time. And, and again, at, at, at a college age, very little risk on your side. So that's, that's really cool and amazing. And I don't know about you, Josh, but I took the exact like inverted approach. I spent the first two years of college putting the grades on the back burner and exploring the social side. And then I had to buckle <laughs> down the last two years and really pay attention to schoolwork. So yeah, I was a little different. Strategy than is way better. <laughs> I was the guy that was like, okay, I'm a junior. I mean, I, I guess I should pick a major at this point. So they let me out of this place and I got out and I was like, all right, what do you do now? I don't, I don't know. So uh, I was a late bloomer, Hannah, you are an early bloomer. So you help balance me out. You, we, we're at, we're average between the two of us. So how, how old were you when you started the company then? Um, I think I was 19 when I like, you know, got the idea because I came up with it my sophomore year, my summer of my sophomore year, I was working in Boston as a intern at Massachusetts General Hospital. And at the time, my, my major was health communications. And I was like, oh, it'd be so cool to like, you know, like work in hospitals and do all that doctor stuff without actually being a doctor. And then I got into it and I was like, screw this nine to five crap. Like I'm out. I hate this. I was only working three days a week. I hated my life. I would, I, I hope they never hear this, but I would sign on at home because it was a five minute walk. I literally could see the office from my window where I lived. So I would like sign on and like 
uh, clock in for the day, go make myself breakfast, make myself some coffee, and then like take a leisurely stroll to work. And I'd show up like an hour later than I was supposed to, but I was checked in. So they thought I was there, <laughs> but they didn't care because I'd always finish my work by like one o'clock and then I'd start like working on Julia. <laughs> That's awesome. So you so, figured out, hey, this is what I like and this is what I really don't like. And this is what I want to stay away yeah. from. That's exactly. awesome. So when you were building Huya, was this something that was a project to you or are you like, this is what I'm going to do the rest of my life. I'm going to grow this. I'm going to expand it into a company with employees. What were, what was your thought process early on? And, and what did your friends, what did your parents, what did everybody think about this? Honestly, so... My dad is, he's 84. He uh-huh. has started his own company. He had a company on the New York Stock Exchange. It's now Blue Green Corporation. He is wildly successful and has that entrepreneur blood and is very, very competitive in the business world. So when it came to telling my, like, so, so to speak, God of a father in the business world, this idea I had that I was really excited about, I was terrified. I was like, oh shit, he's going to think like, I'm <laughs> dumb idea like he's gonna tell me off so instead of you know asking him for help like most children would do I was like you know what I'm gonna build the whole company to the point where I'm ready to like buy the samples is what I did so I planned everything I built the website got my samples ready like I did everything in secret didn't tell him a single until the point where I like launched the website and like had pre-orders and I flipped my computer around and I go, this is what I've been working on. I started a company. Now I need you to help me fund it. And he was like, what? <laughs> I was like, I already have pre-orders. I know. And so, you know, I already have pre-orders. Couldn't say no. So I already had to place yeah. the order. I already had it like ready to go. I just had to pay for it. And so I kind of set it up in the way where he couldn't say no to me. You had your own I, life. I figured... You had your own like family version of Shark Tank in the living room. You're yeah. like, I got everything ready and yeah. I'm here pitch. <laughs> that's really literally cool. that's what I did. And I I had to cross my fingers and toes and I was like, I really hope he thinks this is a good idea. And you know, he was like, All right, well, we'll see what happens. And he was like, I don't think you have a market for this. I don't think they're like it's gonna be successful. He basically told me it was the dumbest idea I ever had because of the fact that it was sustainable and there was no market for sustainable products yet. He was like, oh, you're just going to have a hippie market. Only hippies are going to buy your stuff. And I was like, just wait and see, just wait (laughs) and see. So now this whole little sustainable trend is growing. And now I catch him like walking around with his little reusable water bottle. I'm like, I see you. I see you yeah. with that water hey, bottle. A, this is a good point though. So Henry, you mentioned like you go for a walk with your dad like every morning. What does he say about the company now? Is he starting to like be like, all right, I, there's something here? Or is he still thinking like, you still got something to prove to me? I He still thinks I have something to prove to him for sure. Well, he's got a high level of success, it sounds like. So his measurement may be pretty gigantic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, That's- I think it's a little bit bigger than than I think I expected. <laughs> That's, but that's it keeps great. me motivated so yeah so early on talk about talking about the sustainable part was this something that made your swimwear significantly more expensive or was this just something that was harder to source and figure out from the internal side um honestly 
I would say my pricing for bikinis is really competitive compared to some of the top performers out there like Billabong, Roxy, Frankie's, all of them. I feel like I have very competitive pricing with that point. Um, that being said, I actually got myself into a little bit of a black hole in the sense of um, when I imported. So I originally started working in Bali and uh-huh. producing and manufacturing in Bali because, you know, like there's all the sustainability, you know, they have kind of like that vibe I was trying to reach. And I it was right when Trump came into office and passed those t- uh, import taxes for like China and Indonesia. So literally I was in production as he passed it, everything came in and I got hit with the 27% import tax twice on two lines I imported. So in in reality, it looks like I've sunk in a lot more money into this company than I really have. And that's where my dad can't wrap his head. He's a little bit older, doesn't get the whole tax. Like he understands tax, but like the import, Thing and he didn't he didn't wasn't paying attention to what was going on at the time so you just can't believe that that happened and um so yeah I got kind of really screwed over by that whole import tax that so I learned my lesson and that was the last line I manufactured in Bali and that's why I decided to move my production elsewhere as well as well as the fabric which is a plus wow yeah, that's, that's tough yeah because the Chad's business is this uh Hannah so Chad's one of his businesses is in income like bookkeeping and income taxes and so the rules of the game with they change sometimes right like the government makes a law or changes a rule and like you have this whole plan built off the rules of the game as they are and then without your control at all the rules have changed by the way uh now you're gonna have to pay this tax it wasn't even something where they held it at customs they sent it to me first and then i got the customs bill and it was like collection officers calling me and i was like uh, what? It's like, so, what in the world? So what, yeah, this is something you had no control over, like shocking surprise. Uh, no matter what age of an entrepreneur you are, this is like hugely defeating. And I know a lot of people take that as a sign. Okay, maybe this is not possible. What gave you the motivation to, okay, let's pivot, let's do something else. So you, uh, what made you really kind of dive in and say, okay, I'm not giving up on this dream, even getting hit with things I don't have any control over. This is the business I'm building. I think for me, like even the other day I made my Instagram caption. I said something about the one thing that keeps me inspired every day running Julia is the fact that I take time out of my week, no matter how busy I am to go out and go diving and go spend some time. Even like this morning we went out and shot some content the water was super murky. We didn't even get in the water, but it was just so relaxing and enjoyable being out in the ocean and remembering why I started this. I mean, like, let me show you my day. This is a day of to-do list. Wow. Oh, wow. So the fact that I still, even though I should be sitting indoors from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. working, I really try to, you know, always take my heart back to why I started. You know, I try to go on trips. I try to travel. I try to dive in new areas, experience new things, and not only be diving, but be diving with a purpose, be diving with the mindset of what can I clean up while I'm diving? What debris can I bring back with me? And also like, am I going to a location where I could partner with an organization and go do an out dive, like go do a dive against debris or go out plant coral? Like 
what can I do to leave the place I'm visiting better than I first came? And also like on top of all that, my boyfriend's a professional photographer. So he takes all of my content for my swimsuits. So when we're traveling, we're shooting content. So it's not only like, we'll be diving in the Bahamas with the hammerheads and I'll be wearing my bikini, taking a photo. And for me, it's enjoying the moment I'm in, but I'm also creating content while doing it. So it really like all tears down for me. (laughs) This is like the... 10th reason I'm so jealous of your business because you just described the perfect way to write off all of your travels. <laughs> like, this is amazing. Like, yep. we're out shooting content. My boyfriend's a photographer. We're, we're shooting for the brand. So we write off everything we do. That's oh, yeah. Amazing. It's Valentine's Day and it's a business meeting. <laughs> That's amazing. Wait, wait, there Valentine's business. I was with my, my photographer. He's a vendor. I'm gonna write uh, this whole thing off. Uh, I yeah, love you said it. something there too. And, exactly. and it's so cool that you said this because it's easy to think that like there's there's always gonna be for an entrepreneur this crazy to-do list, right? All these things we need, should be doing. But man, what happens with most people is that you do face some adversity in business and in like it's it's easy to focus so much on the to-do list and take your eyes off of the reason you started the business to begin with. And that's where like your emotional power comes from to get through all the crap, to get through the, again, as Chad mentioned, many people would have been like this, these taxes happen. I wasn't ready for them. That's maybe God's way of showing me that this isn't for me. As, like, how do you stay, get through that stuff? But when you're daily connected to your, your why power, so to speak, like the, the emotional reason you started, you can get through some of that crap because you know, like I'm doing it for this reason. Like this is the clear purpose for me to be doing this stuff. And it just gives you that grit to get through it. So I think that's an amazing practice that you have of going diving, like ignoring the to-do list for a second and going out. And again, like you said, like you can make it a content session, but still you're, you're leveraging, you're staying close to your why on a consistent basis. I struggle with that often where I'm so much in the weeds of like all the stuff that has to be done. And it's good for me to pull myself back. But Hey man, why are you doing this? And start dreaming that up again with like, I want to create value for other people and, so you're, I love that your business, number one, has so much purpose to it, but your ability to stay close to that purpose on a consistent basis, I think is why you're sitting here talking to us now, instead of having folded up shop when these government things happen to you. It'd been easy to quit. You've, you've kept on. Oh yeah. It, it's so impressive. Oh yeah. Really. And you know, even. Go ahead. Yeah. Keep oh no, talking. go ahead. Go ahead. It, it's, it's so. I was going to say like to. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. Go. You're good. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, it's so impressive because I've been doing this 21 years as entrepreneur and until it took me until the last three years to learn how to create some capacity in my schedule to do the things I love, do the things I enjoy. And my businesses are more successful and my time is I have more energy and it's better spent because of those things. And you realizing this um, at this point uh, in your business is so amazing and impressive. I, it, it blows me away that, you're able to recognize that and um and really be able to implement that in your daily routine it's it's really cool well thank you I really appreciate that and you know it's something that it's not easy for me to do at all like I'm I'm a very I have to start the list I wrote down at the beginning of the day like if I started I have to finish it and like this morning I'm like checking the time I'm like oh my god I've got so much to do oh my god I'm like okay no force yourself to enjoy this because you're going to be stuck in the office all weekend. So just enjoy it while you can. So 
I kept having to tell myself that. And um, my boyfriend and I, he, he actually started doing expeditions before we met, but I came along and we met and I was like, let me help you. Like, let me see what I can do for you. Cause I'm very organized and all that kind of stuff. So I made itineraries, you know, like made the calendar, built a website. And um, so we also run expeditions. So in lieu of just the swimsuits, I travel a lot. So that's what we do. We literally travel for work. We take people all over the world diving and checking out different types of wildlife, but we also integrate like conservation workshops into our expeditions and photography workshops. So he gets to, you know, like talk about what he's passionate about and I get to talk about what I'm passionate about. And so we have like this nice balance of the conservation worlds. And he's also very, uh, he's a shark conservationist as well. So he's very big in the shark world. So we do a lot in terms of um, conservation all across the board. And it's really cool just, you know, taking people all over the world and showing them why I started this and telling them the story and like people actually getting to know me on a personal level. And, you know, when guests come, like I work for them, like I'm not, I'm not like a CEO, like I'm just a cool, chill girl who is hanging out and just like super excited to show you what is in the water and like waiting for you. And so I guess that's also a part of where my like my passion and my drive comes from. I'll come home from a trip and I'm so fired up to like plan a new line or design some new patterns or something like that. So it kind of all falls in the line with each other, which is really cool. So I think a lot of our audience right now, they're like, okay, I know what I'm passionate about. I know what I love to do. I know what I care about. How in the world do I build a business around it? Or how do I turn that into something that I can do day to day? What, what will be your advice for all our listeners that, that are struggling with, okay, this is what I care about, but I don't understand how to build a business around it. I think my biggest advice would be just to think outside the box, do something that or do what's already out there, but do it in a way that hasn't been done yet. So like, for instance, I, I had a meeting with a guy the other day and he sells dog collars to surf shops. That's not really something that you'd think you'd go buy at a surf shop, right? Right. But he is making a killing off of it because he's the only guy selling these really beautiful floral dog collars in surf shops. And girls who are going in and buying cute floral bikinis want a matching collar to look cute on the beach with their dog. Boom. And he is the only person doing it. And I'm like, it blows my mind. And he, like, he's like, oh yeah. He's like, you know, that's what you should do with your swimsuits. Think of something that, you know, sell it where, sell it at a grocery store was his like example. He was like, don't use that, but you know, build off of that. But you know, it's like, you can create something that's already there. Like there, there's plenty of business plans that have already been put together. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to build your dream. You just have to think of how you can do it. For instance, I have my swimsuits. John's a photographer. We shoot brand content for other brands. They send us con like send us products. We shoot it, but we shoot it in my bikinis. So then we send those photos to the brands. They post them. They tag my bikinis and I get paid for it. So I've created this stack of promoting my swimsuits and creating an income for myself. So it's how do you use your resources at hand? Like, obviously, John and I started working together before we started dating and stuff like that. But it, our relationship grew. And but what can you use? Like, 
do you have friends who are good on the like good at taking photos can you have them you know shoot some photos for you and create a little website and a landing page and then you can start marketing yourself and then what other things in your life can you tie into that that are your interests you know it's just it's thinking outside the box of how can I do it differently than the person busting their ass out there you know there's always that smarter way of doing things instead of the harder way all right I gotta add some context to this because I'm what you've said, Hannah, is causing me a little bit of anxiety and a little bit of fear. And it, the reason is that I am extremely confident, based on the story that you just told, that Chad's going to try to duplicate that. And he's going to try to have like, hey, send me some income tax software. I'll wear a bikini and we'll co-market. And I just, I think you may have built a dream for him that is not going to land. So We're about Chad, to start doing taxes in surf shops. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> He's like, surfers need their taxes. Oh, you'd probably get a lot more surfers. You'd probably get a lot more surfers who would come and actually get their taxes done on time. That's right. They're there probably neglected them anyway. I know that personality. They haven't filed in years in some cases. <laughs> oh, exactly. That, if you're just sitting there, I, off for I, boards while they wait. That's right. I love the think outside the box but also do it in a way that's authentic to you and, yeah. and who you are and what you care about and the places you're visiting. Exactly. That's, that's uh, amazing advice and, and a concept. I think so many people try to do it the same way and you're not going to out compete or, or win against the big brands doing it their way. They're too big. They have too much money. You gotta, no. you gotta go your own route. And it might take a little bit longer for this way. Yeah. You know, like there is the cookie cutter way and yes, it works obviously, or you can do things and keep things authentic to you and build it a little bit slower, but still have an incredible company that's authentic and has a true brand image and name and feel to it. One of our recent, my two cents. No, it's, it's worth way more than that. One of our recent guests, um, a guy named Paul Kramer, he told us, he's like, the key to successful, ex, ex, excuse me, execution, he's like, you got to have three things. You got to have people, you got to have equipment, and you have to have a plan. Like, you get those three things going in the same direction, and like, you can execute. And he told us some stories about what he's done, but that's what you just like described to us. Like, so you and your boyfriend are already traveling, doing work. You have a bikini line, like a company that does that. He's a photographer. You had the people the equipment and you created the plan for, okay, let's just get some other companies that we can co-brand with them based on our skill set and the stuff that we already have. We're already doing it. Let's just add something to it. You've created a revenue stream for yourself and another marketing avenue for you. So it's just brilliant that you guys were able to put that, to put that together. And again, it's, it's, I'm sure it's great for both the brands that are being like co-promoted with doing that. So it's, there's so many things you've said Hannah, that have been like, oh my, oh my gosh, that is such a great idea. And you picked it up so great, like so early on your journey. The guy that told us to it the other week is like been doing what he's been doing for 30 years. So you're taking some of the things he said, like, and you're way early on in the career of launching your company. So it's fun to see, oh my God, like as, as it duplicates and starts to compound, it's going to be cool to see where you go with it. Oh, well, thank you guys. I appreciate that a lot. And I'm very, very flattered. <laughs> where where are you spending most of your time right now uh, from a branding standpoint? Are, are you still using blogs? Is it Instagram? Is it what platforms have you found for you and, and your product is, has been able to generate the most engagement right now? Um, probably Instagram. And, you know, 
secret is Pinterest. Pinterest, man, uh. like you put some really, you know, like vibey photos up there. And now I'll get them like now I get the the photos start popping up on my explore page now. I don't know if it's because it's it's all connected, you know, how technology is, but I started noticing I see them now more often and you get some cool vibey photos and people click through and they're like, oh, what's this? And then uh, one thing leads to an X, you get a few sales from Pinterest, but I'd honestly say Instagram and, you know, Instagram keeps changing their algorithm. They're making it so hard for brands to be noticed. But oddly enough, I have noticed that our Instagram has done better than it has in the past few months. So I don't know if it's just because I've kind of, you know, tried to hack the algorithm and figure it out and trying to keep up with posting every day and all that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, I would say, you know, Instagram and really doing like podcasts and um, PR and stuff like that. When we were doing the TV shows, that was a big thing. And then obviously COVID hit. So that didn't continue. So <laughs> yeah, I saw some really cool stuff. Um Good morning, Nashville, uh, CBS Boston. You're starting to be on a lot of TV shows and things. Is that something that immediately translates into product sales or is that just kind of building an audience? How did that experience work with you and, and the sales side of things? Um, I honestly don't really think it had too much of an impact in sales. I think later down the line, once we developed a little bit of like brand credibility, but you know, like once people, like people saw us, heard of us, they kept us in the back of their mind. They started seeing us again. They're like, Oh, they're actually legit. So that being said, like the TV shows really gave us a lot of brand credibility. And later on down the line, I noticed, um, sales started popping up from the places that we were doing the shows. It wasn't immediately like three, four months down the line, I started to notice it. Um, So I guess in a way, yeah. But I noticed like podcasts and stuff like that do the most, most um, sales, direct sales. Nice. So the young entrepreneur, when they're thinking about ways to build their brand or to do things, is your advice just, hey, get out there and do as much as you can, like really go all in on as much uh, PR and podcast and just get your name and awareness out there? Or did you have a more strategic approach? Um, I think in the beginning, I kind of just kept it a little soft to start. And then I got connected with a girlfriend that I actually met her when I had my blog. It was a fashion blog. I was at uh, New York Fashion Week. I met her there. And she, huge in the PR world, you know, had her own Radio Disney podcast, all these things. Was very, very successful. Is very, is still very successful. And I reached out to her and I was like, hey, I could really use some help in the PR aspect. You know, like created this image, created the story, but now I need help spreading the word. And she's like, I got you. And so she still works for me now. And um, she's pretty much the one who's gotten me all the podcasts, all of um, all the interviews, TV shows, all that. She's really good at like cold pitching herself and cold pitching people. So that's kind of like her specialty. So I'm really lucky in the sense where I was able to keep connections like that and use my, use not use my friends, but use friends in the sense of um, like, hey, I lack this skill. Can you help me out? Yeah. Speaking to that real quick too. So just as we're going to give the listener some kind of podcast insider information here. So 
we have never met before. We've never talked before, uh, before this. And you didn't book this podcast on your own. Like we, there are ways where people, like you said, you can get someone to help you build your brand. And one of the ways they do it is they're reaching out to podcast on your behalf to say, Hey, here's a person that we have. And here's part of their story. Would you guys be interested in inter- interviewing that person? And so for me and Chad, we get your story. We're like, yes, this sounds awesome. Like she's young and she started this company and it's just, it's such a cool cause oriented company. Like, yeah. But again, we'd never talked at all until today when we're doing the podcast. So for those who are launching a company, uh, I asked a buddy of mine, Hannah, his name's Kevin Scott. And Kevin was showing up as in his twenties on like Fox news and channels like that to talk about politics. I'm like, Kevin, you're a marketing guy. Like, well, what are you on Fox News talking about politics for? And he's like, well, because I got this guy that helps me find opportunities to get on TV and to get on podcasts. And I was like, what? You have There are people that do that? It's like people don't know how to create these brand opportunities or yeah. opportunities to get and talk about their company. As Chad mentioned, you were on a show in Boston and you mentioned that you had some a tie to Boston. What, were you on a show in Nashville as well? Yeah, we were on Good Morning – or we were on Good – like CBS Boston. We were on Good Morning Nashville – uh, good morning, Sacramento. Um, we were supposed to be on Good Morning San Francisco, but that got canceled because of COVID. Um, we were on Good Morning St. Louis. There's a couple more too, but um, I'm drawing a blank with them. But yeah, so CBS you, Boston was my favorite one. But you have someone who's <laughs> helping to get these types of things set up, correct? Like someone's reaching yeah, out. Yeah, and, and you know, Exactly. And you know, it's something that people think that you have to do everything on your own as an entrepreneur. You don't. Like in retrospect, I have five interns who help me out. The things that I do on a daily basis aren't directly related to Julia, but in the long run, they're building the brand from a back point. And I have people helping me out, posting on Instagram, reaching out to brands, you know, pitching me for PR opportunities, stuff like that. So I can go shoot content and make a living as well. So, you know, people think that you have to do everything, but no, just reach out, ask for help. There are people out there. There's college students who need college credit. I mean, I was just one of them. And I remember how much I hated my life. So I make my interns' lives very nice and very <laughs> fun. And they love, they love helping because I'm like, I basically will be like, here's your to-do list for the month. Do it. Let me know if you need help, but don't actually. Good luck. And they're like, you got it. Thanks. And they like, just I'll be able to put somewhere done, getting, and then I made, getting paid to do it. Get your work done. <laughs> exactly. And I'm like, email me when it's done and then I'll send you the next list. And they're like, all right, you got it. Thanks. And I don't like harass them with like crazy emails. I trust them that they're going to get their, like get it done when I said they're going to, like they said they would do it by. So I guess in that term, like there are college kids out there who really want to do work and get college credit and People really forget about that. All, all it takes is putting up an ad on Facebook or Indeed or Fiverr or any of those job hiring apps. And I got like 300 applications for the past year for interns. And I'm like, they're hard to even, there's so many good ones out there. I mean, I could start my own company of like, here's our interns you could hire. That's so great. And this is something I'm going to replay this for my wife tonight. Uh, my wife's growing a business uh, she's been working on for, for I guess, almost two and a half years now. And she is like, she holds it so tight. Uh, she, I've tried to get her to help delegate a little bit and get some interns involved. And she like, 
she's so concerned about the brand and the, the quality and everything coming out of it. I'm like, I promise it'll make your life easier. You'll love it. It'll be great. So I'm going to, I'm going to replay this for her tonight. I'm like, see, look at here. It works. It works fantastic. It's <laughs> well, not listen just me, to me Listen you. to Anna. <laughs> yeah. It's not easy to let go though, especially when it's like your little baby and you don't uh-huh. want to like, you don't want anyone else to touch her. And so I know how she, your, your wife feels, trust me. Yeah. But once you do and you realize like, I think it's something that's super toxic in the U.S. is that mentality that as an entrepreneur, like, yeah, you're not working that nine to five, you're your own boss, blah, blah, blah. But you have to be up at 5 a.m. and you have to be working till 11 p.m. and you have to like 24 seven, you're never allowed to stop. Like the grind never stops. Like, I think that is one of the most toxic mentalities we have in America because it's not healthy. It's not mentally good for you. It's not physically good for you. Like, you should be outdoors enjoying the world like figure out a way where work on weekends then if you know if you don't want to like kill yourself working during the week work a few hours every day and then you know enjoy your afternoons or enjoy your mornings pick a time where it's you like you have your space your time to just be you and for me it's diving so I have to work that into my schedule but you know most people get like a consistent routine so, you know, pick something during your day that's like your thing to do. And I think it just drives me nuts. I just had to put that out there. Oh, that's great. Yes, yeah, that's, that's really <laughs> exciting because again, it's society's like work your ass off Monday through Friday, nine to five and take two days maybe to take a break and go do it again. And you're like, that's, that's crazy. Let's just work a little bit every day and have fun a little bit every day. Let's have more of a balance. That's that's great advice. Uh, I think that's something. Uh, once you start going down the rabbit hole of business and entrepreneurship, it's easy to n- not just lose sight of that. But all of a sudden, you're working seven days a week and you're not doing anything fun. So that's yeah, that's good stuff there. I heard this story, Chad and Hannah, about this guy. And he was on vacation. He's in Bahamas and he's talking to the bartender. And the bar, so he's, you know, just, he's there for a couple of days. It's, he's getting to know the bartender. And he said, well, tell me your story, man. And the bartender says, well, I'm actually, I was, I was a doctor in the U S and I realized that I've been here for two years, but what I realized was that my plan was to be a doctor, save up money, retire early. So I could move to the Bahamas and enjoy my retirement. He's like, and then I thought about it and I was like, I can not be a doctor and just move to the Bahamas now and enjoy my life in the Bahamas. And so here's this guy, he's got his, you know, ability to practice medicine, but he was doing it for this purpose of living in the Bahamas. And he's like, I don't have to do it that way. Society would tell me to do it that way, but I want to live in the Bahamas. So I'll just go and get a job in the Bahamas and I'll be good with it. Like, you know, I guess that's, why would you do that? But you should be doing it this way. And he's like, nah, I'll just serve some drinks to people that are happy because they're in the freaking Bahamas, they're on vacation, you know, it's a good life, he's just chilling. But again, that's a different way of thinking. And a lot of us miss that. So Hannah, I want to like go in this direction as we kind of close out. And tell me again, how old are you now? I am 23. So all right, you're 23 years old. You have a company that you've started, you're rolling, you got you got stuff going on, you got you're making money in different ways. You're, you know, you're, you're building this business, you got a future for it. I want to hear what you have to say to that person who has a business idea. Maybe they are a college sophomore and they have that, like, I got this idea. What now? Like maybe if it's one of the people that are interning for you, like maybe they're interning with you because they have like, I would really like to have my own company someday. What advice or counsel can you give to that person that's you two or three years ago as the, these, this, these are the steps 
I would take if you want to launch a company. Here's something I did that I'm really proud and glad I did it this way. And here's something maybe I would do it differently if I were to go back. Two things that come to my mind, ask for help and just start. Just start. Doesn't matter where you do, where you start, but just start it. For me, I didn't know where to start. I had, I'm not a fashion designer. I didn't go to fashion school. I went to marketing school. I don't know the first thing about patterns or grading or like the color patterns you put on. Like, I don't even, I still don't even know the terminology for it. I'm still not a fashion designer. People call me a designer all the time. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. What'd you just call me? It's like, no, that's not, no. I make bikinis. That's what I do. <laughs> and I'm saving the ocean. That's, that's my job. Ooh, that's a and <laughs> yeah. And the other thing is, is, you know, I, I, so I started building a website. I was like, you know what, that's where we're going to go. Built a website and got a logo. I was like, if I can start there, at least I have an idea of what I want the rest to look like. So then that's where like, then I started building the swimsuits and all that. And then the other piece of advice is to ask for help. You never know who you have in your corner that can change your entire life. For instance, like for me, it was one of my professors. Just, you know, I walked up to her one that day after class. And I was like, hey, you know, I'm starting this company. Um, I could really use some advice. I, you know, this is my first business class I ever took. And she's like, come here, open your computer. Let's check it all out. And she's like, do you have a business plan? I'm like, what's a business plan? <laughs> and she's like, oh boy, this is all, this is going to be a nightmare. And, you know, she sat with me, worked with me through every step of the process, helped me really get started instead of just, you know, throwing a website and a logo and through a few designs together. She really like made me create the company. So, you know, and I was terrified of her. I thought she was the scariest professor ever. She was kind of mean, but I ended up loving her in the end because I took that time to make that connection and say, hey, look, I'm doing this. I really need help. Do you think you can help me? And they have nothing else better to do. You think they want to go home and grade papers or do you think they want to go help their student like make their dreams come true, you know? So. That's awesome advice. Chad, I know you love that, man. Because the, the one thing that, I think there's this theme that we hear over and over again, Hannah. Number one is that we hear people talk about they're launching a company Again, this goes to what society teaches. Society would tell you like, you know, take the leap, go all in and not saying you shouldn't do that, but there's a wise way to do that. You're able to still make money outside of your business. Like, so you can, you know, I don't know if your business, you know, sometimes your business is probably making money and sometimes maybe it's not typically in the startup phase. That's how it is. So being wise, almost everybody we have on, they have another, they have a way to make money while they're building their business, while they're investing in their business, they're not just like, I got to live completely on this. They got something else going. So finding a way to, as um, Antonio Neff said, Chad, be your best own benefactor. Like you be the one who's you know, making sure you're taking care of yourself. Like that is a, a huge thing that people got to have, like they need to do. But that other thing is speed of implementation is knowing that I can sit here and think and analyze and like try to make sure I don't make mistakes or I can just get after it. I mean, it sounds like, did you actually sell some product before you had product made? I had like pre-orders for my friends and stuff. So yeah. I like, I sold up all my friends to make it look like I had more orders than I really did. Cause I knew if I just put up like photos and stuff, I wasn't going to get like a bunch of orders. So I convinced my friends to place a couple orders. So when it came time for my meeting with my dad, couldn't say no. <laughs> That's called making a sale, regardless of how you made it. You had sales, you had orders. Exactly. But it's that aspect of just like, get after it. You didn't go to your dad with an idea that there was nothing there. I was like, no, let me, let me put something, not just on paper, 
but let's get something going. Let's get something implemented. And again, like you said, like it's harder to say no to somebody that's already like they're going 60 down the freeway, you know, it's easier to say no before they crank the car up. So you're just boom, let's roll with it. So speed of implementation. And then again, not being stupid, like be your own best benefactor, have, have a way to make money outside of this deal. So I love the counsel that you've given in regards to that. And I think any, especially any, any entrepreneur, but any young entrepreneur would do well to be able to see that, Hey, double tapping on that photo on Instagram does not make you a millionaire. Like double tap if you're going to be a millionaire. It's like, no, make a business plan and like build your website if you want to be a millionaire and then go talk to a teacher and say, I need some help. Like get started, just start, ask for help. I love it. Chad, what you got, man? Yeah, not only is it such awesome advice for the young entrepreneur, it's amazing advice for us who are seasoned entrepreneurs and sometimes lose our path. It's that getting back to that, my to-do list. My to-do list is like two years long. I mean, it's ridiculous. But instead of trying to hammer it out, I think, knocking out more of my to-do list relieves more stress in my life. But you know what's way more beneficial for me and my body and my family and my community? Get out and do stuff. Like you said, Hannah, get out in the sun, go do what you love. Keep that energy, that inspiration. Remember why we're doing what we're out there trying to do and what we're building. And I think that is amazing advice. And then just the ask for help, tap into to interns, tap into your friends that are gifted and talented and have opportunities that, that can help you grow and you all grow together. So many entrepreneurs like bottle it up and try to build it on their own backs. And there's such a faster, better way to do it. And I, I love for me, uh, kind of where things change for me is I figured out, Hey, I, I, I'm losing capacity. I'm able to, to, to stop growing or doing as much as I want to because I'm not able to do it and I'm trying to be perfect. Me not doing it is way worse than somebody else doing it at 80 or 90% of the way I want it. And so I learned to be okay with 80 or 90% performance because that's better than zero because that's the, the, yes. the road I was going down. And so as that started to happen and I started to delegate I have spent more time the last two years uh, in Charleston, on the water, doing the things I love to do and still growing my business faster than I've ever grown it before. So it works. I, it, it took me seriously 18 years to figure this out and to see you doing it at your age and with a company that's sustainable, that's a part of 1% for the planet, that's doing everything you're doing from a brand awareness and an ocean awareness, Hannah, it's really amazing. And just gives me chills to think about, you know, what's in store for you and, and what the company's doing. I, I read somewhere you're maybe coming out with a men's line of swim shorts. I want that first uh, order. You I was about to say, me. finally, it comes back to you and your swimsuits. You, you, bro. That's right. You, you put me I'm in. I'm not going to lie. Designing the men's line has been harder than designing. I've, I have four women's lines out. I have a fifth and like ready to be produced and I'm still working on my men's sample I think I'm on number sample like 97 of changes every time because what I do is I produce it I send it to my friends I don't even keep it I was like I don't want to see it I don't want to look at it I don't even want to think about it send it away send it to friends and I send it like one person gets it for a week they send me all their notes another person gets it for another week they send me their notes and I just keep passing it down the line and then I send it back through production send, get changes, do it all over again, send it back out to my friends. 
and then, you know, take their notes. Cause you know, what better way to figure out what's going to work and what's not than people who wear it every day on the dive boats who are diving, beating them up, you know, bending down, lifting tanks, carrying things, you know, like I've even gotten like notes to the point of like when they put their hands in the pocket, like their, their hands get stuck. So the pockets are too small, like very detailed things. So it's one of those things I'd rather take three years to put out a men's line than rush it and it be half-assed. That's Chad is all about joining your friends list, Hannah. He's like, how do I get on Hannah's friends list? And I get one of the samples and I can send it on with my two. He'll send you an email with 94,000 bullet points. I promise you. That's what he does. I'll sign you right up. I will put, put him on the friends the list, the rotation. <laughs> hey, so Hannah, closing us out here. First, I want you to, to tell us like kind of where people can find you, but going after that. What does the future hold for Hannah Patton? Like, where are you going? Where can we expect to see you five years down the road? So where can we find you now? And where will we find you in five years from now? Well, right now you can find me. Personally, you can find me on Instagram. I'm simply Hannah on Instagram. Julia Swim is H-U-L-Y-A-S-W-I-M. So Julia Swim is our uh, Instagram our website is www.hulyaswim.com. And um, hopefully in five years, you'll see me sailing a boat around the world. That's amazing. That's it's awesome. So Fingers much crossed. Fun. So much fun. <laughs> That's the dream. That's yeah, the dream. Love it. I think you're well on your way. Not only are you going to be sailing a boat around the world, your business is going to be operating, making up and saving the planet, saving the planet while yep. you're doing it. So that's great. Thank you so much for your time, for joining us. Uh, it's been such awesome advice and a lot of fun. Our listeners um, are love this episode and the podcast and have learned a ton. So thank you so much. Well, thank you guys so much for having me. I had such a blast chatting and getting to know you guys. And hopefully one day we'll get to meet in person. Maybe, Chad, you can come out on one of our expeditions, come diving sometime, and we'll get you in one of those men's trunks. Just make sure that when Chad sends you that friend request, Anna, that you accept it. Otherwise, we'll have to hear about it for the next six years, a wine nonstop. So uh, don't destroy his hopes and dreams. Oh, I won't. (laughs) Oh, I won't. Don't worry. I will definitely, I'll add you to the list for sure. (laughs) I love it. Well, thank you so much. It's been uh, a lot of fun. And yeah, let's stay connected and uh, see where it goes from here. Rad. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. Have an awesome day. If you're a fan of the Entrepreneur Adventure podcast, we would love to hear about it. You can leave us a review right here on your favorite podcast app. You can subscribe to the podcast or you can find us on Instagram at The Entrepreneur Adventure. Until next time, thank you for joining us.